Amidst the grounds of the Miskatonic University stands a grim archive. Within lies a collection of the darkest secrets known to mankind. But visitor beware, for what horrors lie within their pages. Can you resist their maddening call, or will you succumb to the tales from the Orna Library? Tonight's story, A Long Way From Home, Part 1. Strangers in a Strange Land. A Long Way From Home features the talents of Stephen Anderson as Louis Allister, Matthew Bennett returning as Officer Chuck Stick, Colin DeYoung returning as Henry Morrison, Benjamin Van Rokel returning as Professor Orson Wagner, and Noah Yardley returning as Travis Tallison. At first, we see nothing. A dark, empty void. No sound, no movement, just emptiness. But then, something changes. We feel the earth rumble beneath us. A low, almost inaudible hum can be heard as a few dim, purplish lights kick on. These lights illuminate strange carvings and intricate machinery around a wide cylindrical room. There is something at the center. Something that we cannot quite perceive, but we know is there. Something has woken up. Perhaps something more ancient than life itself. All right. Welcome back, listeners, to the Tales from the Orn Library. Tonight starts our uh, A Long Way From Home series. And just a heads up, we are do- recording this remotely. Um, so that will uh, account for any audio uh, glitches that you might hear. So we ask you to bear with us for this series. So we begin in the town the city of Adelaide in South Australia. We see a large, almost gothic-looking building um, with a sign that says University of Adelaide. Inside, we see a large lecture hall. The auditorium is packed, and at the podium is a familiar sight. Um, Orson, will you please describe yourself? Orson is slightly older than middle age, He has salt and pepper hair, wears glasses, and he's sort of not frail, but not very well built. And he has sort of a very uh, severe receding hairline by this point. And he's wearing uh, some more, not not casual clothes, but definitely not suit and tie, I guess, semi-formal stuff. Uh, Yeah. So if you want to give him like a like a finishing flourish you can if not that's okay it's like your lecture in conclusion this formula if it comes to fruition and is completed could show very uh significant improvements in our ability to determine weather and it could help us uh prevent mass disasters such as hurricanes i hope you all found this very interesting and i hope you will continue your studies and with that, the uh, auditorium erupts into thunderous applause. 
As you walk off the podium, you are met by a uh, rather slight-looking man. He's very, he's rather short, balding around the top, dark hair, kind of wringing his hands. He approaches you and, uh, uh, hello there, Professor Orson. Uh, Wagner, sorry. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Thomas Coolin. I work for the uh, nearby South Australian School of Mines and Industries. I had a proposition for you. I know you expressed interest in uh, the uh, meteorites, and um, my employer, Sir Douglas Mawson, would like your assistance. If you'd like to accompany me to the to the school, we can talk this over a little more in my office, a little more formally. Um, but that is up to you. Uh, yes, I would very much like to uh, figure out what is going on with these meteorites. They interest me very much. Wonderful. Uh, so, follow me. And he leads you out of the school and down a couple blocks to a very sturdy three-story building. It is a large red brick and sandstone building, which is actually very close to the university and the River Torrens. Um, he leads you inside, and um, there are uh, wood-paneled classrooms and offices you pass. And the first room, you see a very large rock, um, which um, with the sign under it, um, Mern Pewey Meteorite. And you, um, there's a bunch of things on display, and one of them is a... Uh, some fossils and one of them is a huge uh, slab bearing an imprint of a three foot diameter five limbed starfish however i would like you to make a cthulhu mythos roll okay as you walk first roll of the night that is a epic fail a 95 over 14 yikes yeah it's a uh it's a starfish um, awesome. But he leads you to an office, and um, now you see uh, uh, Sir Mawson is actually not available at the time, um, but I'm happy to uh, do his um, clerical work for him. So um, if you want to come over to this map, and he pulls out a map of the of the region. Now the, um, the majority of these meteorites have uh, landed inside the Mendeley Station, and he points to two locations, the first being... They're around the Paralana region uh, by the hot springs. And um, the other more clustering spots is by the Udamutna, um, the, the abandoned copper mine. It's uh, a long way away from here. Uh, a couple of days on the train, plus a couple more days or however you want to go, really. But Sir Mawson did tell me that he's willing to pay for the any specimens you get. 25 pounds work for you. I think that's more than reasonable. And uh, I, th I think twenty-five pounds per specimen you recover. He's very interesting because he see he found the uh, Mern Pewey meteorite back in the lobby, so he's very interested in these uh, these meteorites. As am I. So um, if you have any questions about the Yuda, um, I might direct you to my associates, um, George Sumter. He's a teacher here, but if you ask me, he's a little uh, broken. It stays between the the two of us, but... Uh, Broken how? You see, he was a miner at the Yuta before it, well, closed down years ago. And it's, uh, well, it's affected him ever since. Thank you very much. I think I might talk to him still. I know nothing about the region, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and uh, I might suggest you might want to 
get some new uh, clothing. Trust uh, me, uh, in what you're wearing, you wouldn't last a day in the outback. Yes, I, uh, I believe you would be wise on that point. And he sticks out his hand. Pleasure doing business with you, Professor Wagner. I shake it. Pleasure meeting you, uh, Mr. Coolin, right? Coolin. All right, and then um, he uh, points you to the office of George Sumter. So we then transition to a large steamer ship making its way across the Atlantic Ocean, um, and in view is the shining port Adelaide. Um, there are three people of note standing on the bow looking towards the city. Chuck, Henry, and Travis, if you guys will describe yourselves, please. All right, uh, me first then. Um, all right, so ex-detective Chuck Stake. He's a, um, a six-foot-tall, kind of chubby-looking guy with a scruffy face. Got a leather hat, big o- like overcoat, uh, trench coat, a gun holster, and a pack of smokes. And he's uh, got he's got, got a scruffy face that says, "I've seen too much shit in my time." And that's the mm-hmm. long and short of him. All right, Henry. Uh, Henry is 35 years old. He is a professor of history at the Miskatonic University. He's average build, brown hair, but the sides of his head is covered with lots of gray hair. He is not dressed for the weather. He's wearing his typical uh, tweed outfit. He's sweating through his clothes. Uh, He has his jacket slung over his shoulder. He is a Definitely out of his element. All right. And lastly, Travis. Travis, uh, the first thing you would notice about him is how big his heart is. Um, Certainly not the fact that he is uh, four feet and uh, seven inches tall. Um, (laughs) He, uh, Travis, is a banker. Um, and is quite successful at his job. He uh, works his way up to be a manager. Uh, he has lost some hair uh, since uh, his visit to Canada and is starting to develop a bald spot, right? Or uh, like a, a very large forehead. And um, that's about everything. Yeah. Okay. A little time later, you finally make port. As you are docking, as you are um, exiting the ship and walking across the dock, you are reminded of what brought you here in the first place. Um, we flash back three weeks ago. You would each receive a, another telegram from Bertrand's wife, Ida, and um, it wasn't it's, it wasn't as urgent as the one in Canada. In fact, it was inviting you to dinner. The three of you showed up. Uh, she let you in, and uh, Bertrand welcomed you, and he waved his left hand on the arm that he lost in Canada. What were you guys' reactions? Um, something uh, tells me that's not how we left it. Oh, my my arm? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a funny story. Um, tell you what, come sit down for dinner and I'll tell you everything. Mm. All right. Better be an interesting story, though. It truly is. So he leads you to his large dining room, and the meal is splayed out before you, and he begins to tell you his story. He had gone to Australia 
um, because he believed it was the farthest he could get from Canada and still be in civilization. And uh, someone passed along a business card to him to one Dr. Marcus Weber and his uh, curative spa in at the Paralana Hot Springs. He speaks so highly of the doctor. He's a miracle worker. He has this amazing serum. I, I have his calling card here, actually. I think he may have the telegram on by now. And he hands you the business card. For those who can't see it, it says M. Weber, M-B-C-H-B-M-D. Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons, Royal College of Psychiatrists. Curative radium mineral baths, shell shock treatments, a specialty. Paralana Spa, near Mindeley Station. Parcels to be sent via Farina, South Australia. And then you are flashed back to the present, standing on the docks at Port Adelaide. A train uh, takes you from the port to Adelaide Station in about 40 minutes. You step off the station into the streets of Adelaide. What do you guys do? Ah, crikey. <laughs> Throw a shrimp on the bobby. Uh, Chuck, you're not doing yourself any favors here. Yeah, I I wanted to try it, you know? Like, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity you get to be in Australia. You got, you got to try it at least once, you know? I say we find this place as quick as we can, because it is far too hot out here. Oh, my gosh. I feel like it's going to be too hot everywhere. <sighs> And as I do that, as I say that, I take off my coat because, like, oh. And lucky for um, me, heat rises. Haha, <laughs> 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 you're short. Haha, <laughs> you're stupid. <laughs> Anywho, um, what are you guys gonna do then? Um. So I will say, you do notice that there are a lot of um, street food carts um, around the the city as you walk around um specifically like meat pie carts hmm uh i'm gonna go up to one uh ask ask the gentleman what uh like i've never seen a meat pie before what like ask him about what's what's all this i've, I'm, I've never seen it i walk up to the i walk up to the nearest vendor of meat pies mm -hmm. so just you know it is about six o'clock it's it's evening at the moment I just walk up to the nearest meat pie vendor. Okay. Can I do you for? What's all this? Uh, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen anything like these before, at least in this style. These are pies, mate. Uh, as you like one. Perhaps you'd like a pie flutter? A, a what? Pie flutter. It's a meat pie served atop a uh, bit of split pea soup. You know, it does sound kind of appetizing. I'm a bit hungry. How much for cool, it? Cool, that'll be one pound. Right. A pound. A pound of what? <laughs> you know, a pound. Money. Oh, so, oh sorry. I'm American. Uh, I use real money. Dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You know, uh, Chuck, I, uh, I think we have to go to, like, a, a money exchange or something. I don't think our, our dollars are going to do any good here. Well, that would have been nice before I got, you know, embarrassed myself in front of a meat pie vendor. No offense. None taken. Well, I guess you better go find yourself uh, 
some, yeah. some pounds. Is that a fat joke? Nope. Uh, uh, I'm gonna, I, actually, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna ask the uh, meat pie vendor. Do you perchance know where the nearest place I could exchange my money? Yeah, if you uh, go down the street to the left and take a right on Rose Field, um, follow that all the way down to Rose Park, and then you're going to take another right off of Rose Park, and then um, right about there on Kensington, you should find a bit of an exchange. Okay. I'm trying to remember all those directions. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll just ask on the way. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure we'll find it. Yeah, we'll find it. Thank you very much. Pleasure doing business with you, mate. Hope to see you back in uh, a few and try some of this pie floater. Then we are going to transition to a train. This train is uh, leaving Sydney. We see a man sitting down fiddling with a camera. And um, Louis, if you want to describe yourself real quick. Louis Alistair is... uh... Um, in his early 30s, he's about five foot five. He's got slicked back black hair that's really starting to thin in the front, and he's got a, a, a bald spot in the back that's just a bit too large to be flattering. As for his clothing, he uh, he's wearing brown suspenders over a wrinkled white button-up with a thin black tie. Um, all of them have the traces of stains that we're unable to get out. Natural things, it seems, like uh, like like mud. <clears throat> On top of that, he wears large circular wire glasses that almost seem to encompass the upper half of the entire upper half of his face. Uh, he also sits um, with his so- with his shoulders hunched inward, as if to bring himself away from the rest of the world. Okay. So you sit here fiddling with your camera. A uh, trolley passes by, gets your attention. Uh, would you like a newspaper? Oh, uh, a newspaper. Yes. Um, um, uh, how much? Uh, that'll be, uh, four pence. Four pence? Um, yeah, I can make that work. Here you go. And I'll hand it mm-hmm. over to him. Okay. And, uh, they hand you a newspaper. And, um, you flip through, and there's a, uh, a couple things of note. And, uh, you come up cross a little bit of it um titled remarkable phenomenon and if you want to read that real quick and because you are from sydney you haven't experienced these things yet remarkable phenomenon melbourne a number of persons at g long witnessed a strange phenomenon on thursday afternoon at about 12:30 p.m high in the sky coming from the southeast southeast a large star-like ball of fire was seen to shoot across the sky giving off a shower of sparks a trail of smoke formed into a long cloud, which remained for some time afterwards. The Mildura seismograph registered a tremor at 12.31 p.m., lasting a full five seconds, while seismographs in Adelaide recorded similar tremors at 12.01 p.m. local time. A similar report was received from Bandarama in New South Wales. Wow. This is the first you've heard of these meteors. Your reason for heading towards Adelaide is different than the meteors you've also heard rumors of something called the devil's sheep that has been spotted around the mindley station and uh you're thinking maybe i can photograph this and get some good evidence and maybe capture it mm-hmm. 
So it's been about um, a week on the train from Sydney to Adelaide. There have been a couple stops where you've been grabbed food or whatnot, um, but as far as the journey been, it's just been flat expanse. Gotcha. Um, uh, Louis has, um, uh, he's been trying to focus on the sounds of the railroad uh, against the tracks rather than the sounds of the people nearby. Um, he feels slightly paranoid by having so many people around in such close quarters for such a long time. Um, and uh, uh, he's beginning to feel real, really anxious and stir crazy, just ready to be off the train for good. Mm -hmm. All right. And while that is happening, um, uh, you are about a day out from uh, Adelaide. You should arrive next morning. And uh, we're going to transition back to the South Australian School of Mines to Orson. Um, <clears throat> you are led down a couple halls and you find yourself at the office of uh, George uh, Sumpter. All right. Uh, I knock on the door. Hello. Uh, yes. Uh, this is Dr. Orson Wagner. Uh, yeah, come on in. All right. I go in. All right. Uh, he is a small man in his 40s. Um, he has a very wiry, wiry build. Appears to have a very nervous disposition to, about him. Uh, he looks, he's writing something down on a sheet of paper and looks up to you. Uh, what can I do for you? Uh, yes, I am setting out for. Uh, where was it again? Yudna um, Mutna Mine. Uh, I'm setting out. Uh, probably tomorrow for the the Yuda Yuda. Uh, You're making your way to the Yuda. Yes, yes. Um, and why I'm, the hell would you ever go there? Well, you see, there's these meteorites that have been causing some fascinating uh, meteorological phenomenon, and I was wondering if I could discern anything about it. You see, while I'm I'm doing this thing with uh, a formula, and it's a long story. But uh, it, that that's the long and short of why I'm going. Well, listen, just take heed my advice. If you can avoid getting close to the mine, do it. Nothing good has ever come out of the Utah. Uh, why, might I ask? Uh, what, what is uh, so infamous about the location? Uh, well, the company claimed that it was the um, price of copper that had collapsed, but I believe otherwise. I, I, I don't I don't think I follow. Um, go ahead and make a social role. Uh, that would be either charm, persuade or fast talk. OK, or intimidation. Let's but. see. Do I have any of those? Charm, fast talk, persuade. Uh, persuade. Nope. Okay, so it's gonna be uh probably persuade. Um, even though it's lower. Mm -hmm. Um. All right. Let's see. Nope, that's a fail. Okay. I have my reasons. I was there after all, and it's uh not pleasant. I think I'd like to leave it at that. Um, advice over, about around there. You're definitely going to want to uh, change your uh, 
Yes, 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 I've 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 heard. And uh careful for the snakes. Oh, uh yes. But uh I'm sorry, that's all I can give you. Well, uh I I, I thank you for your time. Uh is there uh are you sure there's nothing else about the locale that I, I might need to know before I uh, I go setting out? Uh, again, I'm I'm completely new to uh, the wonderful world of the outback. Hmm. Um, you know, he has a very um, dark look in his eyes, um, as if he's remembering something that he wishes he could forget. Okay. Um, uh, do I notice this? Like, uh, do I sense the sort of social disturbance in the room? Yeah. But he's just like, uh, just if he can stay out of the, just stay out of the mine. All right. Uh, I didn't mean to uh, pry about the mine, and uh, I'll, I'll leave you to your work. Thank you. Motions for the door. All right. I leave. Mm-hmm. And um, you take your leave of... Is there anything else you want to do at the school? Uh, I don't believe so. Uh, I'm assuming I'm staying somewhere here nearby. So you probably are staying at the Terminus Hotel. It's um, one of the uh, more higher-end hotels. Sweet. Uh, Then I I guess Orson will uh, sort of take his leave, and it's in the evening, right? Yeah, it's about seven o'clock for right. Him. He's probably just going to head back to his uh, hotel room and do some, uh, I guess, prepping for uh, what's to come. Do some uh, final book work and uh, figure out what he wants to find. Okay. And uh, we hop back with um, the three Americans. Well, you guys are all ex- Americans except Louis, but. Uh, the, the the Canadian trio. We'll go with that. Canada three. <laughs> uh, is this after um, I've bought my pie floater? Sure, we'll say that. All right, because I'm gonna say like it's right after I finish eating, and, and I'm just like, <clears throat> that was really good. Like, <clears throat> like, just <clears throat> you know, <laughs> you are. Uh... You all right over there, Chuck? Yeah, yeah I'm just... Mm, that was just... Mm, that was so fucking delicious. I'm mm. glad you're enjoying yourself. Um, and it, Yeah, if I knew if it was going to be that good, I would have gotten two. At this point, it's like pretty much nighttime, right? Yeah. The streetlights are starting to go on. People are uh, heading to bars and whatnot. So it is after dark. Well, as, uh, as much as I'd like to be uh, moving on, I think we'd better find a place to turn in for the night. I can certainly agree with that. You guys are staying at the Grovesverness uh, Hotel, which is right a- across the, sta- um, the street from the rail station. Isn't the most high-end hot- hotel. Um, not quite Roach Motel. It's not like that, but it's well-traveled. It's well-used. Um, and you get a room for a night. Yeah, the night passes for all of you in varied comfort. One in a very nice hotel. The other's in a meh. And 
one on a train. Can I throw just like a little character thing for how Henry sleeps? Sure. Henry sleeps fully clothed without the covers with a gun in his hand. Okay. A why? Uh, 37 right. sanity is a heck of a drug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so the night passes with um, relative comfort. And uh, the morning arrives, and you guys hit the streets. What do you guys do? Uh, I get a pie. He gets a pie. <laughs> you know what I feel uh, you so find much? They're not out yet. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm, I, yeah. Um, I'm going to look around for... Oh, I'm going to look around for either people to ask directions for or some sort of map. Mm-hmm. Make make a luck roll for me. No, no, no. Make a appearance roll. Appearance? Mm -hmm. Can I do the same sort of like a split up, uh, divide and conquer situation? Just yeah. so we cover more ground that way. Yeah, if the three of you wanted to do that. All right. Cool thing. <laughs> That is a uh, 11 under 20. Ooh. I uh, got a 6 under 65. Jeez. Uh, I must not have slept very well and look very bad because I got <laughs> an 88 over 50. Oh, no. Yikes. Yikes. Some of us can't be looking our best 100% of the time like me. <laughs> uh, if only. So you guys uh, split up briefly. Travis, right away, you're like, hey, you asked him, like, hey, where do I find this place? I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Um, so you learn that um, the Paralana Spa is in the Mendeley Station, and the quickest way to get there um, uh, would be to take the train to Farina. Um, however, um, the person says, if you wanted to get, there, get to Farina quickly and he had a little more money to spend, um, you could try to persuade Stanley Nichols to uh, fly you there. He's the male pilot, and he only flies there about, like, once or twice a month. However, with the right kind of greasing, he might be convinced. Wonderful. Thank you very much. And um, I'm giving that to you because you got a extreme success on that appearance roll. Lovely. Love to hear it. Wait, who did uh, me or him? Me. Uh, that was uh, Travis. Oh, okay. Yes. And Chuck, you learn about the train to Farina, but they don't mention the the plane. Okay. Uh, while I'm while, while I've still got that uh, random citizen uh, around, uh, where might I find the Stanley Nichols? Yeah. Um. There's the uh, Hendon Airport right outside of town. You could probably find him there. Wonderful. Thank you very much. You have yourself a good rest of your day. And you too. All right. Well, I'm going to uh, meet up with the guys as quickly as possible. Um, uh, all right, boys. Uh, well, I, I think I've got ourselves a lead. Um, I remember hearing about a train. I can't remember quite where, but... Um, I do recall that we can uh, talk to a Stanley Nichols, and we might be able to get a quick flight over there. Mm. Mm. Now, as a 
someone who's a big fan of expediency and also not riding a train, this sounds like a really good plan to me. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. A plane sounds a bit expensive, don't you think? Maybe yeah. still with your credit rating. I, I, I think it won't be too much of a problem. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll figure something out. I, I do some smooth talking, put on my best uh, uh, tourist in distress face, and we'll, uh, we'll go about our day. Sounds like you say so. Sounds like a good plan to me. I mean, if we get there faster. All right, well, let's make it our way over there. The sooner the better. Okay, uh, let's hop over to Orson. What are you doing? Uh, Orson is... Uh, he doesn't have any prior means to get there, I'm assuming. Correct. Okay, uh, well, uh, for the sake of not hearing the same thing twice... Uh, I would like to also make a sort of check to uh, figure out uh, how to get there, like what the the means of transportation are around here. Maybe ask whoever's at the uh, front of the hotel. Okay. Um, the, the lady at the front desk is rather pleasant. Um, she tells you, yeah, if you want to, um, you said you want to go up to the Mindeley, the Tiyuda. Uh Yes, that would be where I am... Uh, Taking my leave. Two. Well, the quick, the quickest way to get there, it would be to take the train to Farina, and get transport from there. I see, and uh, I don't suppose you'd know uh, what forms of transport from uh, there would be. I'd have to advise against walking, <laughs> but you might be able to secure camels or maybe a bullock dray. I don't know. I've never been up to Farina. Well, I, I, I thank you for your time. I will uh, take my leave now. Thank you for staying with us. All right. Uh, Orson is going to uh, take the uh, kind woman's uh, advice and take the train. <laughs> All right. And... Um... Now we, speaking of trains, transition to the train from Sydney, which now pulls into Adelaide. Louis, what are you doing? Um, as the uh, uh, as the train pulls in, uh, it pulls in in the morning, right? Like a crack of dawn style, or about like eight or nine o'clock. Not quite dawn, but gotcha. Um, well, Louis is already pretty anxious that the sun has risen and he's not um, he's not on the ground moving to the next thing already. So he's he's very much packed uh, and he just kind of he got ready and just kind of been standing around in his car ready to go. So as uh, as he pull or as the train pulls in, he's going to get off and uh, also for expediency, make a uh, traveling check um, or a check to see uh, the best way to travel. Okay. so that's going to be. And 11 uh, under, okay. what was the skill again? Sorry. Uh, appearance. Appearance. Um, yeah, this could be an 11 under 65. Okay. Uh, yeah, you, um, since that is your fifth value, you also hear about um, Stanley, um, and you also 
hear about the train. Gotcha. Stanley the train. Um, okay. Uh, I'm pretty sick of trains. <laughs> I don't like trains at all. Uh, after that last little endeavor. Um, uh, I'm going to go investigate the Stanley fellow. Okay. So let's hop back to Orson since you are the only one taking the train. All right. Anything you want to do before you hop on? Um, I can't think of anything that he'd want to uh, do around Adelaide before leaving. He's pretty eager to get into the uh, the nitty gritty. Okay. Probably you probably get like some supplies and whatnot. Oh yes, I I do grab a change of clothes. Okay, for the life of me, I could not figure out what these what any of the uh outback clothing it's called so we're just gonna go with like classic safari gear minus the pith helmets so you have like a a very breathable khaki shirt do you want jodhpurs <gasps> do i want jodhpurs of course i want jodhpurs okay <laughs> so you have a um a uh, very breathable uh khaki shirt you're wearing you, f- you find a decent pair of jodhpurs you get some other gear that the um, vendor mentions and you hop on the train. Um, your toll is going to be a two day journey and you are off. All right. So we now hop back to, I'd say all four of you arrive at around the same time to the Hendon airport um, airfield. It's not like a busy airport like it is now. There's um, a bunch of biplanes that are, uh, sitting around the um, a lot of corrugated iron um, corrugated steel domes and whatnot and uh, it's pretty empty as far as you can tell what was the guy's name we were looking for again it was a mr stanley nichols right. like the coin um i'm sure. not with these guys right i'd say you guys arrive at the same time gotcha. look at this guy look at this dude look at his head Oh my god. Um ha ha uh good 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 day gentlemen. Um uh, uh what are you all here for? I kind of say. I- I'm pretty like meek <laughs> opening up to him. Eh, we're looking for a plane to a a spa, I think. I forget the name of the spa. It's the uh the the, the Paralana spa. Have you heard of it? The Paralana Spa? Um, yes. No. <laughs> Make a luck roll for me. Gotcha. <clears throat> that is 49 under 55. Okay. Um, you have heard about it, specifically with your military background. You've heard a couple stories here and there from soldiers um, suffering like from PTSD or wounds from the war who have uh, gone to the spa and um, returned in much better health, if not even healed. Hmm. Yeah, I've uh, I've heard of it. Um, frankly, it kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies, if I'm being truthful here. Hmm. What are what are you? Uh, what are you all doing in pursuit of the spa? Uh, Curiosity. 
I was uh, recommended to us by a, a good friend of ours. Oh yeah, you uh, you uh, lose something in the war. You might you might be able to say something like that. Yeah, I uh, I guess we all did, huh? All right, well uh, you're flying with this uh, Stanley Nichols guy that I've been hearing about. Yeah, we just gotta. Well, that's yeah, that's who we're looking for, but uh, I haven't found him. I don't even know what he looks like. Yeah, uh, me neither. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, I'm a photographer here, um, and, uh, uh, I tend to get lost in my head a little bit. You seem to be, like, good company. Uh, would you mind if I stuck around with you guys until we found him, given that we're all in the same flight here? Eh, sure, why not? Yeah, sure. Why not? You both said the exact same thing I said. Yeah, um, I, I'd like to note that Henry is kind of skeptical because he's generally paranoid, but I think he's willing to let this one slide. Okay. Um, so uh, you guys kind of walk around for a minute. In the distance, you can start hearing a bit of a plane buzz, and eventually... Uh, you can see a the Haviland um, DH-50A biplane appear in the distance, and um, uh, it uh, smoothly lands on the tarmac, comes to a stop. A uh, man pops out of it. A um, bunch of the airfield workers arrive to start, like, unpacking things, and uh, a man dressed in... Um, he's decently dressed, um, hops out, and he's got a large bag of mail, uh, slung over his shoulder, takes off his glasses, kind of makes small talk with the um, the workers, and starts heading for, towards one of the main buildings. You re- do you reckon that's the guy? Um, me? Are, are you talking? I mean, talking I don't think me? we've ever seen this guy before, but he sure looks like a a pilot to me. <laughs> I don't know anyone in Australia. I'm gonna go over and ask him. All right, okay. go do that. <laughs> we'll be here. So you saunter on up to him. He uh, eyes you a little bit. Can I help you? Yeah, uh, are you Stanley Nichols? Uh, who's asking? Name is Chuck Stake. I'm a police officer from the, from the States. Don't worry, you're not in trouble or nothing. <laughs> uh, what can I do for you, um... Mr. Stake. Uh, please, just call me Chuck. Uh, what can I do for you, Chuck? Uh, me and my uh, uh, me and my uh, group over there were wondering if we could uh, employ your services to for a ride to Felina. Farina? Um, yeah, listen, mate. Um, I just got back from Farina. I'll deliver the mail. Um, not too keen on making two trips at once. Also, I'm I only go down to Farina about once a month. Hmm. Well, what if we were to uh, make it worth your while? Make the trip worth it? How much are we talking about? 
All right, here's where I'm going to uh, add a character. This is where I'm going to need a bit of context on like how much a regular co- uh, trip costs. Um, you wouldn't know because planes travel is still relevant. Right. Um, hmm. I'll tell you what. If you don't mind paying a little, I can do 30 per passenger. 30 pounds. Okay. Let me uh, let me ask them and see if they if they're all right with it because I I don't got enough money for them. <laughs> so I walk back I, I walk back over to to them, the group. All right, uh, what'd you find out? Well, he said uh, thirty per person if we wanted to uh, make the trip. Thirty. That's hmm. pat. That's pounds, not dollars. That's still quite a lot. Yeah, that's quite a lot. Mm. Um, see if he can maybe do twenty-five. I, I, I think. Uh, Are we just gonna, uh, Travis? Travis, I think you should probably uh, take uh, take point on this one, Mister Banker Man. Hey, look, I I've been in this business a while. Usually, if they're asking that much, they can go down a little bit, and I would like to have the expenditure for if we need it um i i might uh i might also have an idea myself if i um if i can propose it go ahead <clears throat> um i'm a uh, photographer uh uh, uh so free- you've mentioned freelance um back in sydney um and um i'm out uh i'm out chasing the devil sheep uh and were I to get a, a a picture of it, I feel it would be some very front page stuff. Now, talking to this 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 Travis, uh, this no this Stanley Nichols, uh, I um, uh, if I were to offer him uh, uh, his picture on the front page with the devil sheep, he might be able to willing he might be uh, willing to go down quite some quite some quite some sum for us. That's not half a bad idea. All right. Uh, let's go, guys. <laughs> um, so is it going to be you who's selling this uh, devil sheep idea? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm able to do that. I'm a, 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 I'm a pretty good chopper. <laughs> with us <laughs> um, don't look at me um, I'm looking at you Mr. Steak call me Chuck alright well uh, go get him Tiger alright okay um, hey you come over here <laughs> uh, I, I, oh Henry's just gonna start pushing him in Stanley Nichols direction <laughs> uh, I'm like I kind of trip as he pushes me and like I look back and I'm like kind of pissed but I'm like whatever <laughs> and I have I have my uh, my um, shoulders hunched over again and I'm holding the camera um, as I'm walking over to him uh, hey there uh, Mr. Nichols um, I work uh, as a as a as a freelance photographer um, I take pictures um, 
uh, for Sydney newspapers. And I'm out pursuing the, 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 the devil sheep. If you've heard of it. Um, yes. Is that a, have you heard of it? I, uh, can't say I have. Well, it, but I spend most of my time in the air. So don't, don't really know a lot of what's going on around me. Well, can't blame me for that. It's nice to get away from other people every once in a while. Um, I can sympathize there. Um, anyway, uh, <clears throat> were you to give us a, uh, a bit of a discount on this, um, uh, I could see to it that we might get your picture in the newspaper um, for when I photograph the devil sheep. And I will photograph the devil sheep. Of that, I am certain. Uh, and, okay. and when we do that, I would be referencing who you are, what your services are, and where possible clients can find you if you uh, 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 catch my drift. Mm-hmm. Make a persuasion roll. Gotcha. All right. That is a 52 over 10. Oh, <laughs> no, no, over 30. But, you know, still, are any of the smooth um, talkers just like out of game? Remember, you can push too. Um, oh, yeah, uh, I might actually do that. He's like, okay, listen, I understand the sentiment, um, but I've already got my hands full with all the mail del- mail deliveries I'm doing. And to be quite frank, I'm the best pilot you'll ever see around here. I expect the best price, especially if I'm going out of my way to go a place that I only go once a month and that I've already just got back from. I, I, I listen, I... I can see that, and you seem like a very, very capable man. Uh, the problem is the best pilot I, we see around here, you mentioned. Uh, only by off chance did I even hear of, of, of your name upon my arrival here, and I asked around quite a bit this morning to find the best travel to get to this destination. Uh, and though you might be the best pilot many would ever see, it's getting people to see you in the first place. That really matters. No? <clears throat> I'm going to push. Okay. All right. Uh, ooh, 25 under 30. Yeah. Ooh. Nice. Ooh. Scratches his chin. A bit of a smile kind of appears on his face. Well, you've got a point there. Um, I guess I can take it down to uh, 20, 20 pounds. 20 pounds I um I find that agreeable that's agreeable <clears throat> all right I, I'll I'll kind of reach out my hand to shake it and my hand's kind of shaking uh he grips it it's a little stronger than you probably would like but um he's like well listen I just got back from a pretty uh, a, a flight um I'm not really looking to go back today uh I can, you see, come back tomorrow in the morning. It's going to take me some time to rearrange the plane to to fit some passengers. So come back tomorrow, and uh, I expect payment before takeoff. Perfect. Can do. Thank you. <clears throat> All right, and I'll walk back to the other guys. So what happened? Do we have a deal? Do we have a discount? Looks like he's uh, he's going to do it for 20 uh, 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 so you're welcome in advance there. Uh, 20. Um, 
Uh, I feel like you guys doubted me. I, 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 I did not appreciate that. I did not doubt you for one second. I, I like the cut of your jib. I, <laughs> oh God. Sorry, I, what was your name again? My name, <laughs> my name is Louis Alistair. You uh, may have uh, heard of me or more likely seen my name in fine print credited to the bottom of photos about deer in the newspaper. Uh, I'm from America. I don't read Australian papers. Ah, Americans. Ah, right. You don't read. Anyway. (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. I, I, I only kid. Uh, uh, as you may have noticed, my, uh, uh, my accent isn't exactly Australian. Um, my, my parents were both, uh, American, uh, and then they immigrated over here. Uh, right before I was born. So I uh, just kind of picked up on their accent. Never could quite shed it. It's an American pride thing, right? Something like that. Something like that. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I guess we should uh, head back into town, uh, get our money situation squared away, and um, get ready to fly, I suppose. A great idea. Dinner's on me. Uh, cheers to Dewey over here. I <laughs> thank, thank you, thank you for the dinner. <laughs> I <laughs> Louis Louis kind of pats his wallet, which shrinks by the day <laughs> because of his occupation, <laughs> and he just puts his head down and accepts the new reality of his name in this person's eyes. <laughs> okay. So you guys uh, spend the day gathering gear. You have a fairly nice dinner provided by Travis. You sleep again at the um, hotel. Orson, uh, you've had a fairly easy train ride. Um, to some, it may be dull. To some, it may not be. But you, you the scenery in the um, outback is unlike any other. Where, there, where it's barren and... Um, almost devoid of life, there's beauty to it that um, you wouldn't have thought of. And uh, the train isn't quite air-conditioned. I don't think air conditioning was really that big of a thing back then. Um, So it's pretty stifling in there. But once evening hits, you have to like pull whatever warmth you can find as it drops really, really low in temperature. Gotcha. And with that, the morning morning comes. Travis, Chuck, Henry, and Louie make your way back to the airport where you load your stuff onto Stanley's plane and you take off in the early morning dawn. What are you guys' thoughts about flying? This is probably the first time any of you have flown. This is the tallest I've ever felt in my life. <laughs> um, uh, I want to say maybe like indifferent like there's not a lot of things that freak out Chuck um, so what's one more you know I think Henry is I think he kind of welcomes flying because there's no way that anything could sneak up on him up here uh, All right. um and then for uh um for louis uh 
Louis doesn't like being so close to so many people, but are there windows in this plane to like look out, look out of? Yeah, I'd say there's a couple. Um, uh, Louis definitely up against them, and he's got his camera kind of positioned so he can get some overhead shots. So it takes about a couple hours to get to Farina for you guys. Um, you once again you pass over this desolate but charming landscape. And uh, you land about 11 o'clock in a um, about on the outskirts of town in a flat, mostly spinifex free area. Um, it appears to almost look like a, an athletics field as well. Um, there's a small tin shed at the far end of it. And you guys do a bit of a flyover of, of a building. Uh, Stanley does before landing. And you can see children about... 10 kids uh, pouring out of the nearby school building to run out to see who's just arrived um, because it's very rare um, for the plane to come twice. You land a little bit rougher than you probably were expecting given the uh, terrain and uh, you come to a stop. Well, here you are. It's uh, Farina Town. It's a pleasure doing business with you, sir. That, uh, Feelings reciprocated. Nice. I like this guy. This guy's cool. I get yeah. out of the plane. Are you going to uh, be back to uh, pick us up, you, you mentioned? Well, I'll be back in about a month to pick up and deliver mail. All right. All right. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm, thank you. Thank, yep. Thank you. I, I just light a smoke and then I just tip my hat. The children crowd around you and... Um, they're asking all sorts of questions um, all at once. It's very incomprehensible. Oh, man. I, I do. <laughs> uh, Louis does not like all these people around him. <laughs> did, uh, did we land in a different country? They, they're speaking a different language here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Henry's just going to start wading through all the urchins to sort of get toward the town proper. Okay. It looks like it's going to be a bit of a walk. And uh, while you guys are walking, we transition to the train. It is about 11 o'clock when the train comes to a stop. Orson, you are the last person left on the train. You step off at Farina. It is a desolate place. This is the emptiest you've ever seen a town. Um, practically a ghost town. All right. Um, uh, he's he's definitely out of his element here. Uh, he's used to the sort of larger... I don't know if it's a larger city, uh, but uh, at least that sort of urban aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So uh, a conductor appears to be assisting unloading luggage. Um, engineer and the brakemen are rewatering the train, and you see there is a man in a post a postal uniform making his way across the, the uh, station, pulling a, a wagon behind him. You notice that his uh, right arm is missing, and the sleeve is kind of flapping in the wind. Um, he looks over at you, gives you a strange look, and says, "Lost, are you?" Yes, I. I just arrived, and I have no idea where I am. Hmm. Welcome to Farina. Last civilization for miles. 
Yes, it seems that way. Uh, if you could call it civilization. Uh, <laughs> quite far away from the action. You can say that again. And he um, picks up a uh, large bag of mail and uh, slings it onto his wagon. Uh, tell you what, um, don't really get a lot of a lot of people around here. Um, if you want to follow me to the post office, I can try to help you find your way around town. That would be very much appreciated. Thank you. Uh, and I would like to make a sort of some sort of check to see if he's being just just friendly or if there's something weird about him. Uh, mm -hmm. He's a little bit wary. Make a psychology check. Okay. Uh, that's a 33 under 45. He's, he appears to be sincere. It's just he's more amazed than anything about seeing someone. Gotcha. Um Free, uh, that's really kind of his position. All right. Um, excuse me, sir. What is your, uh, I don't believe I caught your name. William Griffiths. Just, uh, just call me Will. All right, Will. Well, I, I thank you for your, uh, your hospitality. Yeah, it's, it's the least we can do in this, uh, shithole of a town. And, um, walks you into the, decaying sun-baked town and that is where this session will come to a close for tonight Sincerely thank you for listening to our strange story tonight, and we hope it gave you chills and thrills alike. Join us next time for part two of A Long Way From Home. Find us on Facebook at Tales from the Orn Library, or follow us on Twitter at Orn Library Pod. Additionally, you can visit our website at talesfromtheornlibrary.com, where you can view all the handouts used in the show thus far. And remember... The library is always open.